Savage listeners, savage community, I hope everyone is well. I hope we are making the next necessary changes in our lives to savage the fuck up and to grow and to evolve into the person that we always knew in the back of our mind and in our soul that we could be instead of the person that we settled for. Man, I feel good. I feel sore. I feel like I achieved another milestone uh, for one of my goals. Uh, I feel like I conquered and uh, I'm always happy to be here. I plan. I missed a podcast. I didn't post it. I should have. So welcome everyone. Everyone is welcome here. Even if you're weak, even if you're soft, even if you're an excuse maker, if you're enabled, you especially need to be here. For everyone else that is taking the steps for proper discipline in their life, holding themselves accountable first. Before they hold other people accountable. Because when you hold yourself accountable, you start, you are you are responsible to hold yourself accountable first. And then you start holding other people in your life and loved ones and in your circle. Whatever relationship you have with them, responsible after that. And they will fall off. But they're only going to listen to you when you hold yourself accountable and you live through action. So... I live through action. I do that with every fiber of my being to hold myself accountable. I think all of you know that. And to live my life through action. And y'all have heard me say this multiple times. I'm just puzzled why y'all listen to people. Whether you're related to them, you love them, you grew up with them, you work with them. Whatever it is that y'all listen to people who don't live what the fuck they say. They're good at pretending. They want to put it out there. They want someone to listen to them. They want to speak it into existence. And then they take no steps to fucking do it at all. And those of us that live through action and do what the fuck we say we're going to do. What I have witnessed in my life especially. I've always been an action taker. But since I've really, really got fucking after it. And how many ever years I've been doing it. And been very deliberate and very specific about my life and what I'm doing. A lot of fucking people fell off. You know why? Because they knew I'm not... Fu- they started watching me and witnessing it. It does not mean we're better. It does not mean anything. It just means we're different. And they didn't want no part of it. They knew that we weren't fucking around. So they figured either get on board... That we don't... We don't. I just had this conversation just a few hours earlier today. People don't even come at us with shit. Or myself. They have to go do fucking homework and plan how they're going to try to get something over on us. Because even if I didn't address it, if you know I didn't buy it, you know I am. And if I didn't buy it, you know I didn't buy it. If you love your people, whatever relationship you have with them, you will not let them buy. And this is what most people want to hear. They want to hear when they come tell you some shit. They don't want to hear the opposition. Especially... If there's tools and resources available or it's excuses or enabling, whatever it is. This is what most loved ones in your circle and your family and your friends want to hear. It's, oh, okay. Oh, I'm sorry. Oh, that's messed up. I agree. You're right, girl. Man, you're right, bro. That's right. 
Whatever it is, that's what they want to hear. They want to hear you agree with them. Even in your head, you know they're full of shit. Even if you know it's not good for them. Even if you know that it's ruining their self or someone around them. Whatever. Even if you know it's an excuse, they want it validated. So when you come to us and we give you possible other choices or options that you could have done. And we don't accept your excuses. It pisses you off. That's what it does. It's the truth. So, on Saturday, I eliminated another excuse. I am fresh off four days off my Spartan Ultra Beast. And I, again, I probably can't get into every detail of that today. I am proud and I am accomplished of myself. I only compete with myself. So, for those that know me in real life or on here you know i talk about uh training and fitness has a lot to do with my life and it's so i got so much to say on this because I, I had told a few people a while back including my little brother i said training isn't my whole life you know it, it's one of the things that fit together in the savage code and this brand and this mission and this vision and he he reminded me he goes my whole life you've been training on something you train different because it, it is. It's at least over 50 to 70%, or however he put it, of what you do. Yes, it is. And I thought about that. I said, you know what? You're right. He goes, you, may, you, you have all these other things that fit together that are necessary. But training is the, one of the main priorities of your life and always has been. I just train different. And we'll, we'll talk about that later. But... uh. I've been doing obstacle racing, and, I, and I've said this many times. I haven't did near as many races as I had planned to do. And uh, I've done obstacle racing for about 11, 12 years off and on. And uh, I've probably done more training on my own than I actually have did in races. And this year, at the age I'm at, First ever, not not super ultras, but I moved into the ultra class. Not just with this Spartan Ultra. I've done three ultras this year. I've done the David Goggins 4x4x48 four by, uh, four by four by back in March. I did the first installment of my Savage Challenge, which was June. And I don't have everything set in front of me. I can't remember what all that entailed. It took me about seven and a half hours. It was like 26, 27 miles. It had to, it had to be a marathon or up. Uh, uh, Pull-ups, push-ups, burpees, crunches, what it put, whatever it was. And if anybody remembers, I posted that and I talked about it in the podcast. And a video on, on, on YouTube as well. And um, on, my, on my brand page. And then this week, I've had this on my list for a while. And I was very intimidated by this race. And the reason I was intimidated by this race is because I know the shape I was in when I completed other races. Now, with saying that, I've done a lot of, of well, I'm going to say a lot, a reasonable amount of other obstacle races. Tough Mudder, small, smaller ones, uh, uh, some of them I don't even know if they have them around anymore. Savage Race, Run the Jailbreak, things like that. But when I found Spartan, it was something different. And there's different levels of Spartan, which is... You have the sprint, which is like, I may be saying this wrong. It's like usually three to four miles. It's usually uh, 10, 15 obstacles. Then you have the super 
Spartan, usually between eight and ten. And let me let me tell you this: I've done some when they say eight eight plus. It's been eight point eight, and I've done other ones that've been right at ten. That's a super, which is eight to ten miles, probably. I guess twenty obstacles, maybe, uh, something like that. Fifteen, maybe. Um, and then the beast. The beast is fifteen plus miles, I believe. No, excuse me. It's usually thirteen plus miles, and uh, it could be thirteen point one. Or it could be fucking 15 with 30 obstacles. And then you have the Ultra. The Ultra Beast. Which is 30 plus miles over 60 obstacles. Elevation, terrain, all of that stuff. Which all the other races have it too. And in all of these races, when you do not complete an obstacle, it's 30 burpees each one. You know how quick that adds up? If y'all ever done a burpee, you know how much you fucking hate them. Because I fucking hate them. I've said this before. There's a reason the only penalty that they initiate in Spartan is burpees. Because Why? Because they're fucking effective. 30. Not the whole race. 30 each one. So you can imagine just to say you don't make five obstacles or you bypass them for whatever reason... Five, that's 30, 60, now that's 150. I've had races where I've done none. I've had races where I've done about 300. So, I wanted to really fit the Ultra in when I was going to give a trifecta. And I just, and now I really had it on my list to do it last year. And because of COVID, that stuff got canceled. And in Spartan races, my understanding, if you pay your money, you cannot if you get the race moved in the same calendar year Monday I mean excuse me not Monday through Friday January through December they'll move your race and your fee and you can run another race if it's not in the same calendar year you lose your money and they do that so they can uh, pay their people you know the volunteers man they're out there for hours they need to eat they need stuff and it's it costs money and i and when i discovered that i was like i'm not gonna trip about it i I get that you know these people don't have to be out here but when i missed it last year because of covid i was like i'm not gonna do that fucking ultra and then not get a trifecta which is this is where i fucked up i'll get into that in another podcast probably three races in one calendar year but they have to be three different ones Twice I fucked it up and did three races in one year, but I did two of the same races. Not fucking paying attention, not doing my homework. That's on me. Then I was talking to some other fucking savage animals that do Ironmans and fucking some of the most brutal trail racing on the planet. And we was kind of talking in our in our running group, and it was like, hey, you know what? Either way, man, it's on your list. No excuses. Get it out of the way. And I said, you know what? That's fucking true. So I decided to get it out of the way. And I knew this race was going to be long. I had no expectations. I judged it off of my my previous races. Up until this point, I had done 48 miles back in March. But it was four miles every four hours for 48 hours. I had done a, I've done a couple, a few, a couple of marathons, regular running, road running, just running, uh, 
in a a handful of half marathons thing like that over the years. But far as trail running, or just running in general, my longest race had been a little over 26 miles, like 27. My longest ultra had been 48 with no obstacles, resting every four hours. And I had had a couple of marathons and a, and a handful of oh, half marathons. Trail racing, my longest had been a little bit under 18. So knowing what I was going into this, I had no expectations. And then I found out only a couple of days before the race... That because of the magnitude of this race, a lot of people think they can finish and don't. So by 24 hours, somewhere between 24 and 48 hours before the race, uh, I was watching a live feed, doing some home, doing my homework and doing some research. And, because I, I'm, usually, I'm not scared of anything, but I was actually intimidated. I have no expectations of anyone. I have no ex- I set my goal. Listen to what I'm telling y'all. I set my goals realistically. Not cocky, humble but confident. So, I had found out that there was a 14-hour cutoff on this race. But if you didn't make your first lap, and let me under- explain to you what a lap is. A lap is 15 miles and over 30 obstacles. With the elevation, with the terrain, with how many ever burpees you did. And I didn't know this. Maybe they did it in the past. I don't know. This is my first, my first, not my first ultra. It's my first Spartan ultra. Ultra, Spartan ultra beast. Then on some of them, they don't have burpees. They have penalty laps. I, give or take, I think each penalty lap is like two or 300 meters. So that adds to your time as well. So... If you do not make your halfway point, let's say my time start time was 7 a.m. in the morning. On the ultra, because it's so long, they only have a few start times, which is like 5.30 for the elite sponsored. Then you have like 6, between 6 and 7 is the age group. And then you have after 7, which is me, open. I ran open. I'm not I'm not ashamed of that at all. Hey, I'm out there doing what a lot of other motherfuckers ain't doing. I keep it within my expectations and I move up the ranks as I think I'm ready. And if I'm not ready, sometimes I jump anyway on whatever I do. But I have to have myself mentally ready before like I did this. Before this, I've probably done four, I may be wrong about this. I've done two sprints, I've done four or five supers. And I've done one or two beasts and then this one. Let me tell you why I stayed at Super so long. Let me back up. I always had in my head, look, when I was younger, a teenager, even up to my early 20s, I was a sprinter. I fucking hated distance. I never thought I'd be a runner, much less moving into ultra-endurance running. That's unfathomable, especially at my age. I ran for years before I ever entered anything. Why? I don't know. I think Spartan didn't come out till about 2010 or 11. Somewhere in there. I have to check that. My first Spartan race was 2013. But my first obstacle race was 2010. I did. It was like a 5K and like 10, 12 obstacles. And when I ran through the course pretty quick, I was like, I need I need to get I mean, At that time, I was already 35, 36, maybe 37, something like that. And I thought, what if I'd have found this when I was younger? Not that 
there are, people always get into this. Well, this guy's this age. Just look, you got to, the whole thing about this is running your own race and competing with yourself, not other people. So I've had it in my mind that I was an eight or 10 mile runner, that I didn't need to go past that, that that was my threshold. And as long as I believed that and told myself that, I didn't go past that. I think I actually tried the super first. Well, hold on. Yeah, the super first. I did the, I'm going to be telling this wrong. It's been over 10 years. It's been close to 10 years. So I think I did the sprint. Felt very confident years ago, 2013. Then I was like, you know what? I was all the way in Austin, drove down here, did all that. And that race was over quick. So I did three or four straight supers after that. The only reason I didn't know the sprint again was a couple of years ago when I did the Beast, my daughter had signed up and I wanted to go. And I was telling her, I think the sprint's going to be too easy for you. But she wanted to get her feet wet. So I said, I tell you what, to do it with you, I'll sign up for the Beast. They always do the harder races the day before, which y'all understand that, right? If you sign up for two races, you're going to do the more difficult one on the first day because you don't want to get fucked up and have an injury on a small race and fuck you up for the the the, the challenge you've really been training for. So I signed up for the Beast and the Sprint and back-to-back. So I had to do the Beast on Saturday. Well, about a week before that, my daughter found out she was pregnant with her first baby. <laughs> We're already signed up. So to me, I wasn't going to not do it. So I got done a couple years ago, 2019, did the Beast, got home, got my shit together, got back up the next day and went did the sprint. Did I do, I felt good. I felt like shit the first day, felt okay the second day, the third day at home, I ended up fucking getting, almost getting pneumonia, got the fucking flu, was sick. But I, of course I didn't do in that sprint the same as I did when I only did the sprint. The point I'm making is as long as I told myself that I could not go past eight or 10 miles, then I did not go past eight or 10 miles. And I thought to myself, man, I've ran further than that a lot of times. Why can't I do a, a longer race? So, excuse me, first glass of wine tonight, feels good. And to let y'all know, when I get in another podcast, when I get into my training and my eating habits and all that, I did not cut out wine the whole tr- time training for the ultra. No, I didn't. People say no alcohol, 75 hard, whatever. That's good. It's to let you know. Am I disciplined enough to do it? Sure. I just don't feel a need to. So what I did was I cut out my beer. I like beer and wine. No liquor. I cut out beer because beer is heavy on me. So you see how I did that? I still drank wine the whole time. I just kept it in moderation. I didn't feel... I experimented, and I'll get into that later, with my training and the 75 hard. Just to show that 75 hard... Love, love what everything that Andy does. I follow him religiously. He's a fucking animal. I love his story. For me, that challenge is just not that hard. It's not. And I've said this before, that when I get my code done, I think it will be more difficult. Not saying that dude and anybody that does it can't do more difficult shit. There's a lot more people that can do more difficult shit than me. But there's more that cannot. So I experimented with it for a while. I went no alcohol, and I said, "You know what? I'm gonna go back to wine and no beer." I, I feel like that this this I feel like this is irrelevant. So I'll get into that later. So getting back to that, we found I found out just the 
on a Thursday before the race, there was a 14-hour cutoff. But if you did not make your first loop, first loop, like I said, 15 miles, 30, 35 obstacles. Elevation, the terrain, the the uh, the altitude. Not not a lot of altitude. Not as much as I thought, but just the whole thing. So you're at 15 plus miles, 30 some obstacles. How many ever burpees you've done, uh, and how many ever penalty laps? I get. I have to go back and look. I guess by that time, the first round, I done 50, little over 15 miles and some change, and uh, 30 plus obstacles. I bypassed some, and I say this. I went straight to the burpees or penalty lap like I've been doing since 2018. It's on me because I know that I have an injury. That This is not a, like me hurting my back three weeks, uh, two and a half weeks before this race, doing a routine shit I do at work, which I do all the time, and threw my fucking back out, which affected my training. So that got in my head too. This is a, I know I got a slot hernia, I'm assuming, or a tear. So there's things that I usually would dominate that I have to totally bypass because I didn't want to get in the race and fucking get out there and get macho and fuck myself up and not finish. So the option is I know I can do burpees and I can get by on them. So I, I had to bypass some. I've been doing that for a while. I'm very clear about that. So if you don't make your first loop, the 15-mile loop, the 30-some obstacles, again, this is my I started at 7. If I did not make it between 1.30 and 2 o'clock, then I did not get to continue the race. And my what they say is a lot of people say, well, I'll run faster. I'll do better the second lap. And what the people in charge tell you, which is very true. It may sound like an asshole, but it's true. Hell, I sound like a lot of us sound like an asshole that tell the truth. And the people that sugarcoat stuff to you sound nice, that they love you more, that they care about you more, and they fucking don't. They said, we never see negative splits. You're not going to run your second lap quicker than you ran the first lap. Thought about that. Makes a lot of fucking sense. It's very rare that that would happen. If you do not make it by that time, then you are not going to make the cutoff time. We'll pull you from the race. Also, something like if you only have five miles left. I talked about this in my video on my packet pickup. Five miles left means you've already completed 25 plus miles and probably 50 some obstacles. And you got an hour, hour and a half left, they'll stop your time. You got to, you got to chip. I said on the bib or shoe, I've worn races like that. This one goes, this one, the last few went on our wrist. I forgot about that. And uh, I've always been real big. If your chip times out on any race and you finish, then that's what a fucking savage does, is you fucking finish. It ain't about the, the claps and the applause and the fucking data boy and fucking trying to beat somebody. It's that you fucking didn't quit. But in this race, that don't work. If you don't reach the certain cutoff time, they stop you. And a lot of people drop out of this race. They don't they don't finish. So like I said, if this, there, was, there wasn't that many people that was in this ultra. So let's say it's 500 people. Probably three, three hundred fifty are going to finish. My under—I'm using those numbers. I'm just making those up. Okay, it has less than a fifty percent finish rate. Less than fifty percent. Now it's in the forties, but let fifty percent or less do not finish this race. They either tap out, they get injured, or they can't finish. They can't get within the time parameters. So I told my family, and my family only, my goal. 
I looked at it realistically. I looked at how I ran my other races. And I told them, hey, it's probably going to take me about 13 hours. And I'm just talking about this honestly. Again, I want to make this clear. They're sponsored racers. There's elite. There's people who beat me by a couple of hours. I'm not racing them. I was making my own goal. So I changed up my training methods for this race, especially with my back injury. And I want to get into that in the next podcast. I, w- I would like to explain that to y'all for the ones that care and that want to reach out to me. Uh, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to talk about this later too, which is, hey, in any level you want to savage up your life, I'm willing to help. I'm willing to get you started. I'm willing to initiate it. doesn't cost you anything. If you want some of this fucking discipline, you want to fucking, on any level, whether it be your personal life, whether it be fucking addiction, whether it be being lazy, whether it be your fucking job, your fucking relationship, or it's fucking, I feel like, you know, I've been a personal trainer off and on for years, but I don't train anybody right now because I'm focusing on what I'm about to embark on, and I will talk about that in another podcast of what I'm about to say, which is after this ultra, I'm not going to do Spartan for a couple of years because I'm about to take a embark on a task that's going to take me two years to get mentally ready and i'm not going to discuss that right now so i'm not going to do spartan any level you want help from me i'll help you get started but i'm not going to hold your hand i'm not going to babysit you you nobody's going to nobody's going to be there nobody's going to save you got to do it your goddamn self if you want help from me after that then yes of course this is my business this is my brand i hope you get started for free but if you want me to take you the steps along the way, then of course I have to. I have to. I have to get paid for my time. I want. I'm not in a position to do everything for free because I live on humble resources and I have to pay my bills. So, it's reasonable. And I'm. I'm sure some of y'all you'd like to hire David Goggins or somebody. But believe me. One, you can't afford a Goggins, and two, you ain't going to do what Goggins wants you to do because he's not going to consider that you've been sitting on the fucking couch for fucking five years. He's not. I'm a reasonable, understanding, patient man until I'm not. So anyone that wants to reach out to me for that, y'all let me know. So let me get back to that. I set my family as a goal for 13 hours. I told them I need to make my first loop by six and a half. I looked at it realistically, logically. Told my mama Sita and had my oldest granddaughter there. Man, I was, I was glad she was there. No doubt my daughter and, and, and if my other grandkids are not old enough, that she would have been there. She was she was gone on vacation. Uh, she was with me at my last race. So that, that's my support team. And I'll talk about support in another podcast. And I talk about support a lot because it's fucking important and not because I expect anybody to support that don't want to on any level. Whatever it is, it's like I like to let motherfuckers know that the people you think are support you don't. The support I have is all I fucking need. I don't need anybody. Anybody else is extra. You don't need the people you think you do. So, I set my goal for 13 hours. And what I did was I told them I need to make my first loop. If my cutoff time is between 1.30 and 2, I need to make it by 1. So, I started the race at 7. I think officially it was like 7.07, So I told them, I'm probably going to come through about 1 o'clock. That's six hours. 
So what I did was I gave myself 30 minutes under the cutoff. Does that sound reasonable to y'all? Because I've never done this kind of race. I've done plenty of sparks, but never done this kind of race. I didn't know what to expect. Anything can happen out there. Turn a fucking ankle, fucking fall down, get fucked up on a challenge, anything. And I said, but I need you to be out there around 12 o'clock, between 12 and 1. Y'all take a nap, go back to the truck, sit in the chairs, enjoy the festivities, whatever you want to do. But but around 12, I'm not going to be there at 12, but I need you out there because I don't know, within that hour, she asked me, is that how long you... That realistic, babe. I said, five and a half to six hours. But I need you out there that whole hour. Well, about... I guess about 10.45. I was peaking the crest of the... I ain't going to say big mountains, but... The the mountain range for what it was. What is a couple thousand feet, whatever it was. Um, a few thousand feet. I could see where we started at. When you can see the starting point, that means you're getting close. And I was like, no fucking way. We got to be taking another loop, going another trail, because there's no way we're that close. And at that point, at the water and aid stations, I didn't want to ask any questions. Because it it fucks with you mentally. I already had the cutoff times and the parameters in my head already. And I was thinking about my injuries, and that was enough to deal with. My only goal is to finish and not let my people down, and not let myself down. So, I got the last water station, drank pickle juice, caught a cramp, uh, rubbed it out, trotted a little bit, got through it. Then I started hearing the, the cheers. I started hearing people. I started smelling the smoke. The smoke is where you finish at. You jump across a fire, logs and stuff. They take your picture at the finish line, whatever. Because of that, the reason being because the people that were doing the beast did the first lap with us. Now, the beast, they will send... The whole thing about Spartan is there's 200, usually about 250 runners that leave every 15 minutes. So, usually in the past, I catch people in other heats and other people catch me. So, the beast had one lap. Because I've done that race a couple times. I've only done that race once there. Well. mm, Excuse me. Delicious. Then. I thought no way. There's no way I'm making it this time. I came across that final guard. And I had one obstacle left. I look and I see my mama seat and my oldest granddaughter. In my brand shirt. Oh man it feels so good. And I heard her say come on pop pop. She said, babe, you made the first lap. I said, is this, I looked and I said, is this time right? I looked at how beat up I've been after races. So I had the monkey bars. I did them. And what you have, I was like, I'm under four and a half hours. She's, and she, they looked at me excited. She looked at me excited. She says, yes, you are. She goes, you actually look good. And I said, actually, I feel pretty good. I'm regularly, normally drained. Fatigued, I said, but I, you look, you don't even look bad. So with the ultra, you have a transition area. Replenish, recover, get fuel in you, change clothes, whatever you need to do. Well, they had my bag. 
And I feel like I didn't need to put it in the transition area since they were there. They had it in a little wagon we have. <clears throat> I decided to set in the thing is I didn't check my phone. And I'll get into that in another podcast when I talk about training methods. If any of y'all are interested. If you're not interested, I'm going to fucking say it anyway. Because there's some people out there that want it and some people that might need to hear it. It might help them. Uh, as first time in any obstacle race, that I, any Spartan or any obstacle race, I ever took my phone. And I'll talk about that later. Which is, I didn't check my phone that she texted me so she could go to the truck and get my other backpack. Now, I had a camel pack, a water pack. I decided not to take it. I was going to go through the first round and decide if I needed for the second round. But in the past, and I'll talk about this later in another podcast, shorter races, sometimes I would bypass the water stations. And this race, I had to talk myself into stopping and getting water and getting aid and taking a snack that I had with me, even when I didn't want to, because I knew I would need it for fuel later. And it worked. So when I got to the transition area, I had some time to buy. Now, understand this. Your chip doesn't stop. Your time doesn't stop. Say, okay, you're taking a break. We'll start your time back up when you finish. No. I didn't know how long I needed to take. Again, first time I ever did a race where there was a transition area. I was watching everybody that was kind of in the pack with me, which I mean, they were there 15, 20 minutes before me. Maybe they were there 15, 20 minutes after me. I was kind of looking when they left. But I had to send her back to the truck. That was my fault. And then when she sent her back to the truck, I realized that she still didn't have her phone on her. So I still forgot some shit. (laughs) So I ended up staying in transition somewhere between 35 and 45 minutes. I'll have to look at it and see exactly what it was. And I realized she told me, you're getting comfortable. You need to go. See, that's that's what your fucking partner and your fucking person that's pushing you supposed to do. I wasn't even contemplating not finishing the race but she said you need to go you're getting comfortable sitting here and she was fucking right so what i did in the transition area was i had my almonds i had my peanuts i had my bananas i had my hydration and a change of clothes a change of socks i had tape first aid everything in that bag if i needed it water so i ate a banana i ate some uh almond butter clusters i ate some uh, almonds and peanuts i used it with salt i ate a cliff bar and took liquid iv i'll talk about that later but i stayed too long in transition but before i get to part two on this i end up and i'll talk about this later i end up finishing it three hours above my goal and i'm super proud of that Because I had no expectations. All I wanted to do was not get cut off. I've never not finished a race. No matter what shape I've been in, I've always fucking completed it. And anything that I get in, I plan on very much always fucking completed. Whether, whatever, whatever position I'm in, however I look, however long it takes me. My fucking mission every time is mission fucking complete. And I got it completed. I'm going to let y'all know the rest of it on part two. Y'all tune in for part two.